0: You're now listening to the Open Africa podcast with Lau, Nosa, and Furo. On this episode, we will be discussing general industry news, as well as doing a deep dive into the B2B supply chain ecosystem, specifically tech companies that are solving in that space. So, to start with Big Cabal Media recently raised 2.3 million in seed funding. They
1: said they want to do new product line. Mm-hmm. I have a question. Mm-hmm. Like when they say product line, what is the product line for them? Like the, Koko.
0: Koko is the, product. Is the
1: product line right.
2: Yeah. Or they have that insights. TC insights. Mm.
0: At TC, events. Mm. At TC, merch. <laughs> tc what? Merch. Merch, right. I mean, con-
1: congratulations to
2: them. Um, Which other website can blow after Tech and is it or At least they, should, they do gossip. We should not.
1: We should make this podcast a Tech Gossip Podcast. <laughs> the numbers we are looking Wait, for... Wait, is this not a... Is it not a Tech Gossip It
2: podcast? is not, please. I feel like that's what we should focus we, on, we on. We should focus on becoming a Tech Gossip, gossip. Who
1: is, um? Who is fighting who?
2: <laughs> that
1: tweet <laughs> on Twitter... Who, is, who, who, are they shading, subbing? who Who are they subbing? We'll yeah. be doing sub-delivery, we'll do sub-delivery podcast.
2: <laughs> who will do that? We'll blow.
1: I'm telling you. These numbers we are looking for will hit 50k. Uh, we'll, we'll finish be like blowing.
2: 50K we'll be we're doing, trade. I said what I said, numbers. Yes. But for tech podcast. Okay. Yes.
1: It's just that nobody might talk to us. Child. Exactly. Alienated.
2: You won't talking to us now. well Well, fair enough but if
0: they they were talking to us we have the gist that we have that we don't talk about on the podcast
2: you (laughs) see this is to show you that for like one hour before we start recording Furu was telling us things that she won't talk about on this (laughs) forum.
1: I will do my best (laughs) to cut this out (laughs) but if you are hearing this it means I changed my mind
2: (laughs) so it's not like we don't have gist we have gist
0: (laughs) (laughs) no comment. Lolly, you
2: should be recording it quietly.
0: Oh, I as far know. as subliminal, because <laughs> yeah. to be fair, we spent two hours just before we actually three hours, <laughs> and we still haven't kicked off the episode no. proper. So I
1: apologize for everybody listening.
0: Anyways, moving on swiftly. Dash, Dash raised Dash raised thirty two point eight million dollars in seed funding um to do bullets. And, <laughs> and
1: promptly got shot down by their regulator i'm sorry i'm laughing but it was very
2: funny i mean they don't have any regulator now they're not licensed anywhere and they're in Ghana, nigeria kenya
0: so if they don't have regulator and they're not licensed how do they get funding i'm confused they're holding value they're storing value so that should
2: be a... that's the part i don't get mm-hmm. but again what's it called in this Australia in this in market i mean this um Is it bull market or bear market? What do all those financial people call it? Bull bull is when people want to invest.
0: Bear. Bear is when people don't want to invest.
2: Uh, So in this bull market, everybody everybody's just putting money out.
0: I mean, because I'm seeing here that they claimed... (laughs) The words is... I'm literally quoting. Dash claimed to process over $300 million in transaction processing value in January. Now... I mean, yeah. How are you processing those numbers with no license? Is, is Dash now?
1: Somebody was saying that.
0: But how does money enter Dash first?
1: Someone For was sure. saying that if you're a startup that you know you are not on the straight and narrow, in terms of like your. If you operate in an industry that is like very regulated and you know you don't have those licenses. Like, don't come out swinging with the press releases, just be doing your thing until you can
2: clean up. Like, but you and so like, no. It was I mean, me that I said I feel it. Like you've said <laughs> I'm the one, one that said it. it.
1: No, but someone else was tweeting. <laughs> that don't mix, make... you shouldn't be loud like that.
2: When nobody has your time, you should just keep it quiet. I know, Dash is very big with crypto, with crypto traders because he has opened them up to. Doing P two P with people in Ghana and people in Interesting. Kenya. Interesting.
1: I'm not sure that the Ghanaian Central Bank is open to crypto. They are not as well. open to crypto because I was reading that they are ECD, ECD exposure paper, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they refer to it the same way the Central Bank refers to or <laughs> un- unregulated currencies in quotes. I've right? so I've
2: like, one of my guys that is dipping into all these crypto Telegram groups, so he always lets me know what's the new stuff that's moving there. So dashes, is I know, so I think that's where a lot of their transaction numbers come from. But I'm guessing they're counting Dash to Dash because you can't do any anyway, a lot of these. To be fair, it's maybe is Nigerians that are mad. A lot of these guys actually build with mobile money in mind, mm-hmm. where they're coming from a place where inter- interoperability is not the default. So you are basically on ramping then transacting inside that space while nigerian fintech, we already have nip and we know so from day one you need to be able to move money to even Abeg too. Abeg does interbank now
1: yeah i no but i always thought that that um vf is it vf yeah. the, the VFD will maybe run it for them.
2: I take that back. With this one
0: cough, talk about that offline. <laughs>
2: See, these are the things that we don't we don't give you because
0: of the one that doesn't agree have please, 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 please. We have to uphold some <laughs> what? Uphold what? Uphold the uphold uphold highest level of integrity. <laughs> I, mean, I beg you. Anyways, moving on. Move. Actually, moving on to move. Stop yeah. that. Okay, Move secured $105 million in funding. Now, this is, I think, Series B for them. Um, This comes seven months after they raised $23 million Series A. Um, And they also just recently raised $10 million in debt financing.
2: What is it they're using the money for?
0: Well, 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 that is a fantastic question. It's to expand their operations across Africa. That's the general tagline everybody uses, isn't it?
2: How many places have Uber in this Africa?
0: Well, that's the thing. It's not just Uber.
2: Do they do both?
0: Um, I don't think that they do both.
2: Because I don't even think both. South
1: Africa, Ghana. Those
0: are
2: the ones I know. I mean, I know they they, they do Uber's delivery. Yeah, they they have Uber in Kenya.
0: Yeah, so I think the thing is, obviously with Move, I think... And I think with fundraising in general, Sha, you have to know that, yes, business is viable and all of that, but you also have to look at the pedigree of the founders. And these guys have been in the game for a minute and have, like...
2: That Delano guy was on. Yeah. Used to be in all those city people most eligible bachelors. Oh, my
0: God. Yes. I will not give the context I have. But yes. Yeah. Those who know, know. Those who know,
2: know. (laughs) He has been eating for a while now. So to Mm -hmm. be fair, raising money should not be hard. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. But yeah, anyways, yeah, so they said um, it will scale across, actually, Asia, MENA, and Europe. Hmm. Hmm. -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and expand its partnership and vehicle classes to include cars, trucks, bikes, three-wheelers, and buses.
2: I'm not sure how I feel about that Asia and MENA expansion. Well, but then again, I'm not very familiar with those
0: markets. So, Asia, I can understand that because of the Delano guy's, like, history. Oh, okay. Fair, he was fair, in, fair, in fair, Asia fair, for fair, some fair, time. Fair, fair, Makes sense. Yeah. Makes sense, I so, thing. I see how that, like, why there's already links to the market, right? And you can capitalize on that to do what you need to do. Um, So, I see it's possible. It's just to watch and see how they progress. Yeah.
2: Because yeah. to be fair, anytime it um, called? African startups say they want to expand to a place that's, like, really obscure. Mm-hmm. Look at it with Georgia Because that year, Paga said they were going to Brazil. So, today, we never see him.
0: Well, exploring expansion is always something that people are doing. I think it's also, it's like, it's almost like a way of de-risking for Afri- the African... I mean, I get it, Sha, but yeah. why you are you
2: announcing you exploring expansion when you are not sure?
0: Being an entrepreneur is not easy no sir. Mm-hmm. What if you we were sure? Then you now became unsure. Per- personally,
2: personally, if I announce I'm expanding, it means I'm already inside.
0: And you've already stay precious. Yeah.
2: Because so it's be like, ah, surprise, look. No, you know where you promised guys expansion. <laughs> and I've not seen it. As until today, I've not seen that. Certain
1: conference. sections of this podcast were redacted because <laughs> Mosa went off a tangent. So we are now back to our regularly be a regular scheduled program
0: yes yeah all right so btp supply chain in nigeria or at least in the tech ecosystem because i think a number of them are looking to expand outside of nigeria right um so we have a number of players i guess Mm interestingly
1: sorry it's when you say expand outside of nigeria those guys should actually be worried that the ones from east africa don't expand into Nigeria, but let's carry on. And yeah, we'll cover
0: it. So I guess before we even get into the businesses that are in the space, it would be good to do a bit of an overview of like what the space currently looks like, the landscape, and then I guess go into how these different businesses are solving and like our thoughts in general on them. Right. So
2: carry mm-hmm. I didn't read the research that our lovely mm-hmm. research specialist put together. Yes, shout so out just...
0: to Perumi and Ibuge. <laughs> so I'm just going to be research.
2: asking questions <laughs> so for me and will be, it looks like I,
0: I'm asking stupid questions it's because I didn't read it <laughs> so, so now, okay, Lu, will you do us the honors of providing mm-hmm. context of the it be. yes So okay. like,
1: I guess if I guess you need to look at it from the consumer sector itself where you have fast moving consumer goods everything from your household products to your beer for those of you that drink beer Mm -hmm. i don't know how you do it but in any case so that space typically it's a very it's a very tough market Um, margins are very small um, it's high velocity so everybody needs to be on the tip of their toes Um, what you will find is that every manufacturer who operates in that consumer sector has a specific route to market like a structure by which their products go into the market and what you find is that many of them have different layers um, of distribution so let's take a unilever for example unilever might have key distributors and those are the people that they talk to they are I, only with oh, those
2: guys and you just break down the hierarchy of it
1: so that's the thing, there's no specific hierarchy. But they're there are players. Okay.
2: What is the default hierarchy? There's the no that's, what is the predominance?
1: You will often have some layer of the manufacturer, a big distributor, wholesalers, then retailers. Okay. That's like the value chain. Okay. But the order is different. For some companies they will only talk to their key distributors, those big distributors. Uh Some other companies will even be talking to their retailers, right? They will actually supply their retailers directly. Some might supply wholesalers directly. Some in between distributors will have multiple layers. So you can have like a key distributor, bulk breaker, and then distributor. It, It all depends on whatever path, The market that they figured out works for them because I found out recently that it's actually an intentional design to get their products out there, right? Mm -hmm. But the opportunity for these B2B companies is in the fact that for fast moving consumer goods, remember that we said that they have their margins are very small, so they rely on velocity to make money for every level, is an added cost, right? Because everybody needs to make profit. So what that means is that between the manufacturer and the retailer or the manufacturer and the whole wholesaler there are yeah additional costs that rack up so, okay.
2: so let me just let me let me explain what i understand sure and let me know if i, I get it for context I used to be a commercial banking area that's yeah. why i'm so familiar with all these traders no comments so there's a company that makes stuff
0: Mm-hmm.
2: and they're trying to get it to me a buyer mm-hmm. so there are some on some level they talk to a guy that buys from them in bulk because talking to everybody is stressful right yes so those guys that buy from them in bulk now sell to people that buy in bulkish but not too much bulk
0: yeah bulk and has levels bulk has levels mm-hmm.
2: yeah then next level is now manamon
0: no, no, no. Before you get to Malam, there's another. You'll probably so, have another.
1: level.
2: Yeah. Yes. So another level like supermarkets Kind of yeah. So like supermarkets then the Malam, then me. Mm-hmm. So in that layer, maybe pump price, aka from the manufacturer. Yeah. Maybe it's like water, for instance. Maybe the water is like twenty nine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And as it goes through each one, everybody adds their money. Everybody is adding their own kind of guess to me. At 100
0: uh, In the restaurant.
2: Or in yeah. the restaurant at 1000 there,
0: <laughs> I wouldn't consider restaurants
1: as part of that value. That is but yes, that's the greatest markup. <laughs> that's the what markup.
0: I cannot repeat it.
2: Don't worry. I'll hear it, I will
1: hear it when we are eating.
2: <laughs> okay, okay. That much is clear to me. Mm-hmm. So now, these guys that have come in. This is is all guys. Trade people. So go watch a waso Yeah. What do they do in that?
1: The easy way of looking at them is tech-enabled key distributors.
0: Yeah. So they basically, they basically, they have the capacity to do bulk of key distributors because they have a lot of mom and pop shop, r- restaurants, sh- uh, supermarkets, all of that on the other end. So like they're matchmaking. they play the matchmaker role right do
2: they talk to manufacturers directly manufacturers directly
0: it
1: it depends on
0: who some of them yeah some
1: some manufacturers don't want to talk to those guys Mm -hmm. Um, and what you now find is that they have I'm not going to name names here but some of them buy from key Key distributors distributors, and cut out all the middlemen to serve wholesalers retailers Mm -hmm. and by doing that they are able to save costs they are able to cut out all those markups, the two, three, four markups that would, that typically would exist. Yeah. Because, again, this space is a capital-intensive space. Some manufacturers will tell you that if you don't have 50 million IR to put down or 100 million IR to put down, you cannot be a key distributor for them. And then there are other requirements as well, like you must have a warehouse, you must have all of this. So they will use venture capital to fulfill those requirements, mm-hmm. right? And create a direct relationship.
0: So I think that another interesting piece, just to like double click on what you've said, right? Um, these companies that are that have sort of come into the B2B supply chain ecosystem that are um, acting as the new middlemen between typically the key distributors or the manufacturers and like the actual but I say retailers, um, they don't just provide that conduit for products. Yeah. They've also gotten to the point where they're expanding to offering warehousing, logistics. They're also providing these companies with data so that you understand exactly like what you're selling as a business. And I guess, um, yeah, from from all sides, so the retailers and then also the manufacturers, just giving them a lot more visibility yeah. Of how goods are moving across all yeah. their, you know, states, countries, whatever. Yeah.
1: They're also starting to offer stock advance mm-hmm. um, because, again, they have the data in terms of the frequency um, that you know a trader is using to buy goods, right? So even if you don't have the cash, mm-hmm. like they can they can sell to you and then recoup from from that and. There was this, uh, what's it called, tweet that I sent out about how I can see them becoming the business banks of the future because the only thing that most banks offer the vast majority of these like, general commerce traders um, today is store of value. They're not really getting anything else mm-hmm. from these banks. And store of value has become very cheap in the Nigerian market today. It's like it's super easy to achieve so i can see a future where they layer on the store of value into their offering and they still provide they are
0: transactional services exactly. and they're basically okay, so they basically become
1: that's, the okay, bank of the understand. future
2: so we're saying they play in the middle between mm-hmm. yeah. the manufacturer and, Re- yeah. the manufacturer
0: and Re- the retailers retailers
1: and it might be you and it might pop. be the, they they the mom and pop strip. they don't come to
2: the end, the end user. user so they go so to retailers okay, So, the so like.
0: Yeah, level above an individual, yes.
2: Yeah. And the ones that are popular, how close are they to either side? Like, are they closer to Merchant? or are they closer to me?
1: Who is me now?
2: Me, the individual. Like, I'm buying a bottle of water. The individual is not involved. Yeah, I know. Okay, so I'm buying a bottle of water from his store. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: Or let's, let's look at a Trade Depot, for example.
0: Okay.
2: Yeah. Is Trade Depot closer to Ibano?
0: Than it is to Unilever. Trade Depot is a conduit between both. Is a link
1: between Unilever
0: and Ebano.
1: Not not even Ebano. Ebano is probably based on the volume that they buy. They
0: might have direct.
2: They'll probably
1: be like a key distributor. Okay, yeah. big, big, okay.
2: Ebano is a terrible example. What example can we put? Adiba. That? So let me. Is Adiba?
0: Adiba is a much. Is a, is it? It's, it's store, just like a supermarket. a, a, but super market, like yeah, a small a super, neighborhood supermarket. Adiba. So,
1: Trade Depot is the bridge between a Unilever and the mom-and-pop shop on your street.
2: So, Trade Depot... So, who is, so Trade Depot talks directly to Unilever yes. and talks directly to mom-and-pop. Yeah. Yeah. So, as far as they're concerned, they cover the they, entire... Key they, they both
0: talk to Trade Depot. Both sides talk to Trade Depot. They don't yeah. know... So, from the mom and pop shop they don't know where trade depot is getting the goods from all they know is trade depot is them this price want this
1: particular product
0: i I get it from trade depot at this price yeah Yeah.
1: and what these guys are doing is that because two things one because many of them are trying to source from the manufacturer they have like really cheap costs and so they try to make a spread on top so it's essentially that distributor business that they are doing and what they are using now is venture capital to penetrate the markets where they are doing deliveries for free. Uh You know, and they are buying so it's much cheaper for for the traders. And that's how they are racking up all these traders.
2: You know, now that you describe it, I feel like you can categorize Vendiz as a competitor to trade depot.
1: But Vendiz has a specific
2: is it is a niche. Uh, Yeah. And it's not not consumer
1: sector. Because if you look at the trade depot website, sorry, the the brands that they are working with, and I assume that these are brands that they've they are embedded with Unilever, Nestle, Arla, Indomie, GB Foods, Chi, Kellogg's, like those are all fast moving consumer goods. But if you are supplying meat, chicken, chicken, frozen, okay, so maybe Chi will do that for you.
2: So because because remember, so before the thing, I was telling how Vendis is venturing into. I'm not venturing. They've Expanded. already ventured. It's, I mean, it's beyond. They do what beyond what they say they do on their deck. Now, as at last time there is. I mean, based on my conversations with restaurant owners, they do. They source other things like mm-hmm. they can get you forks, they can get you detergents, they can get you. Basically, they are saying anything you want to buy by your procurement people.
1: At what volume? Hmm?
0: So, now, they're dealing with restaurants. That is with restaurants.
1: No, like, and I mean, they're on holding of this thing. So, that's what I'm,
2: I now, I don't so, know don't like. know. So,
0: again, I think it's a matching thing. They probably have people that are bulk purchasers somewhere, right? That they work with. I don't know that for things like cutlery and all of that, they're with the manufacturers yet because it's still pretty... Mm-hmm.
1: So, that's where they might be different. Mm-hmm. Because with the likes of Trade Depot, Alezo, Market Force, and east africa um these guys that have now changed their name Wasoko. yeah Wasoko all those Wasoko guys it's the it's the volume of product right. that they are buying that necessitates them operating that high up in the value chain mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and they can then use it to supply a large volume of the scale is different the, I yeah, know, yeah I get it. the scale is entirely different and i'm not sure that vendee's has enough of it so it no, no, no. be like direct competition no, no. So, that,
2: so it won't be direct competition so when I say competition in the sense that it's a supply chain thing there's the manufacturer and there's me
0: yeah I think and, there's some crossover and there are people some. that
2: play at different stages of yeah. because right now traditionally it's the manufacturer key distributor uh, bulk breaker wholesaler retailer mom and pop then maybe me and I would say when this is operating in that level between retailer and mom and, mom and pop mm-hmm. they are closer to the consumer than a trade depot for example Perhaps, so that's yeah. why i asked earlier how close do they play to the person mm-hmm. and where is the value in terms of in terms of like what's the problematic part is it decides closer to the manufacturer or is it closer to the different retailers so
0: for the manufacturers i think most of them had figured out figured out a way that worked for them in terms of how they get their goods to the market i think the people that have the real challenge are the restaurants the shops and all of that in terms of how do i say maximizing shelf return on each shelf that they have in their stores or in their restaurant like maximizing Mm. returns and all of that so then if you're buying direct from a manufacturer and you're a restaurant or whatever the volumes you have to buy typically means that you're putting a lot of capital that you might need to just keep free right to do other things you're putting a lot of that down on stock that you end up keeping for a really long time but a for i'll keep using the rest of the examples um for even this then gives you the opportunity to just buy what you need for a week or a month or whatever is most convenient for you as a business owner, right? And then you're better able to manage like your cash flow or whatever as a business. So you're not tying down a lot of money or stock that you then end up having to keep a lot of in freezers or storage storage, like creating your own storage warehouse or whatever yes. to be able to ensure that you have goods when you need them for your business. Right. So I think the this problem they're solving is really more tailored to the consumers or the retailers or the restaurants or whatever than it is to the manufacturers
1: i want to draw the distinction between a trade depot and the event though because i think it's very material
2: yeah no it's very material but... yeah
1: a trade depot is solving for the retailer
2: mm-hmm. okay.
1: remember that we started with saying that margins in the fmcg business are mm-hmm. super thin it's why sometimes manufacturers will even sell at a loss so that their distributors and sub-distributors can, like, make a profit from the sale. Like, it, it's a business decision that they take that we, we will sell this product at less than cost price. They do that sometimes, mm-hmm. right? So it's a game of keeping margins as wide so, as possible. Chefs, okay, now let me
2: explain okay. why I, I call this. this thing. So look at the restaurant like RSVP now. RSVP wants to buy Coke. Mm-hmm. RSVP can go to ShopRite and buy Coke. In fact, they might have started off the business going to ShopRite to buy Coke. Mm-hmm. But as they scale, they realize that sometimes you can buy all the Coke in ShopRite.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Or it, they are, they are, in fact, I see it at E-Dream Festival where they have to go from supermarket to supermarket because people are sold out. So what the next level an RSVP will take is to contact someone like a Vendis. That can say, whatever it is you want from ShopRite, I can get it for you because I'm not going to ShopRite. I'm going, I'm going to... to somebody that can give me a book. Mm-hmm. That is playing in that space. Now, but Vendee's is not going to be talking to the manufacturer of Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola. Vendee's can be talking to a trade depot. So it's in that chain between goods being manufactured and customer consuming it. They are different points. Yeah. And I'm guessing all these guys are trying to disrupt yeah, different are, layers of it.
1: They are disrupting the sub-distributors and the distributors because, like I said, it's about keeping that margin wide. So for the retailer, the fewer people between him and the manufacturer, the better it is for him from a pricing perspective. And so he can get it for much cheaper, sell it at the recommended retail price and and have a a Decent spread spread yes yeah. what i'm not sure about is what happens when these guys turn on um like they pass the cost of um like the logistics side of things to the retailers i don't know how the offering is then going to look at that point because i feel like now everything is discounted they've raised funds so they're acquiring Acquiring buses, acquiring all the trucks. stuff that the trucks that they cold use for storage. delivery and all of that cold storage, that good stuff.
2: Okay, let's look at the big players. Mm-hmm. What are the big players um, Nigeria, or should we look at Africa, Africa-wide?
0: Right? We can look at Nigeria because I think we're more comfortable with those okay. things. Yeah.
2: So the trade depot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On mm-hmm. uh-huh. There's hmm Uh
0: huh. Vendies. All oh, them Sabi and Co, cool. they do. Stuff, yeah. Yeah, um, there's Sabi, yeah, there's Sabi. Um there's one that's BSSN, Biz, I think. Only Biz. Oh yeah, if you look at an Africa perspective, then you have like market force, you have Max A B, you have Soku or Chwasoku. So there are a number of people playing. There's trigger there's Suppliers. So how do they
2: differentiate themselves from each other?
1: Is a, is open season also? Yeah, a, so you know how there was like this fintech
0: boom, and then suddenly we had carbon, B2B, we had Kudra, B2B. we had yeah. This is the B two B boom.
2: So the, give or take,
0: they'll at the end of the day there'll be three four players that will take over the entire maybe market. Two players that will take over yeah. the
1: market because and and if you ask me, right? I think Alezo And Trade Depot are the front runners for now. Just in terms of volume. And it's interesting that that is the case because Alezo doesn't even operate in Lagos. They are serving... They've been serving that um, Western Nigeria market like Mm -hmm. the Oyo State Mm -hmm. and Ibadan and all those places. And they haven't even come into Lagos. And part of it, I feel, is intentional because Lagos adds...
2: Conversations. Um, isn't Agbara close to close to Ibadan? No, no. no. Wait, wait, wait. Is Agbara closer to Ibadan than it is to Lagos? No. Agbara is closer to Lagos. Yes. And why did
1: you? Because there's a market there. I mean, there's a
2: market, but you know, why why we reference Agbara is because there's a lot of manufacturing that goes on Agbara.
1: Yeah, but again, don't forget that fast-moving consumer goods, you can argue that it's actually even Lagos. Unilever, Nestle, um, these guys who do in Domi, that distributes in Do feel Do feel Those three are in Lagos. Chi, I think, is also in Lagos as well. A
0: lot yeah. of people are in Lagos. They might have, or they have like distributed manufacturing. Feel, yeah.
1: And I feel like that, that might be why Alezo really took off in Ibadan because I can imagine that many of them have to source from Lagos. From Lagos right. And then Alezo can just step in and say, you know what, you no so longer remember, need to, go to Lagos. Remember
0: when we did, remember when we did the, uh, when we did design thinking and we're looking at the traffic problem and we had that user mm-hmm. who was basically a, a retailer, who had to that's, sit in traffic yeah. for like i don't know a whole day to go to lagos to buy goods okay. and then spend like another whole day in traffic they're solving for those people so, so, okay. yeah those that because so that I, I think like, if you look
2: at it from a geographic perspective then there's so much there's so much space considering how big nigeria is is now which market markets you attack
0: mm-hmm your attack first and then how quickly but
1: the further you go away from the center some of the infrastructure challenges in nigeria then become real to you That's that unless if you want to acquire venture capital to fund cargo plane and then run cargo plane but if you are going to use this road network to move produce or products uh, I can imagine that that's not particularly pleasant
0: yeah but i guess that's where we'll start to see like hopefully see partnerships in the ecosystem so partnerships with people that so instead of i know that it's a lot of people are building out their own logistics because you have better control you know um and you can customize to exactly what suits your business but then i find I, i think that partnerships with people that are existing logistics providers could ease the burden on these players because existing logistics partners already have like a reputation on the roads and know how to deal with all the challenges that they will find on the roads versus you starting that process and learning the very hard lessons yourself and then you know i don't know it's just yeah i guess it's the nigerian the african factor in doing business and that's why a lot of <laughs> to, i think you said it's offline but it's like that's why this space is extremely like when you look at it, it's extremely challenging in terms of seeing how fast it will scale or, or exactly. how wide it will scale just because of all the infrastructure you challenges entrenched. you have to deal yeah, with. You, have to yeah. be you know, And that's why, again, fintech is the most exciting still because the only person you have to deal with is the crazy reg- regulator. Bottom of the prayer made
2: fast. And my thing is, every are day your investors week. patient enough to let you build out?
0: This I mean, thing. time will tell. But I think they, they, they surely... I mean, the,
1: Sorry to cut you off, but that would be the difference between, like, winners people and who are successful and people who are not. Because,
0: uh, yeah.
2: Because it's th- how
1: quickly yeah. you can scale.
2: It's, the market is frag- fragmented by design. Yes. Like, the reason why you have key distributors and co, and all these many layers in between Merchant and Mom and Pop, is me- because their infrastructure challenges are yes. basically offloading that risk onto somebody else. Mm-hmm. So if you are coming in to say you are going to disrupt that space, then it becomes your problem to solve.
1: Yeah. It's a very interesting space and um, just because like there's so much that can be done. But of course, there are also those infrastructure challenges that you talked about. I gave the example early on of them becoming business banks. They can also easily become logistic players like pure logistic players right um you look at the amount of wastage that happens in terms of like fresh produce coming in from northern nigeria to the rest of the country and can you use excuse me can you use venture capital to build networks right that connect the people that need this produce Mm -hmm. like the, the manufacturing companies the smaller manufacturing companies the the restaurants that want I don't know want dairy or want meat or poultry or whatever like there's so many ways that they can go and I guess that's why like in Africa it's becoming so so popular. Yeah so popular. In fact I will own my L someone sent me a couple of years ago someone sent me a relative sent me someone's pitch deck that was sent to him and some of his friends. They were trying to raise um, like a precede round, and they were looking for people that had dollars to give them, and this was the like problem that they they tabled. And I remember saying that like I don't really see, like I don't really see this like as a real problem. But what I was failing to see was like the cost implications, like those mm-hmm. margins.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I failed to see that entirely.
0: Yeah, but I think one of those things as well is that with all these solutions timing timing yeah. is everything timing is everything um yeah i i i, I don't yeah timing is everything it,
2: I mean, it's a very it's a very long-term game
0: yeah
2: so yeah um that, it's because it's a very long-term game this is going to segue to my to my next one i hear a lot of them are doing lending yeah
1: you have to it's a logical next step
2: yeah so are you, are you doing lending because they need to make money and time is running out
1: they will probably... They will do it for a couple of things. They will no, do it for velocity. Or are,
2: they, or are they lending because
0: they need to lend? Um, I think it's a thing where you're looking at the numbers, right? You're doing these transactions to the retailers and you see the need. And you can't unlook because banks are not looking. So you kind of step in and provide that. Because it's not, it's not just... It's, it's, it's almost in every B2B space. So forget the B2B supply chain. You see it in i believe helium they're lending as well right split
1: is is uh, lending just for record it's not it's not even cash lending it's stock advanced
0: yeah Mm -hmm. so it's almost a thing where there is a need the need has always existed banks have not found a way to solve that meet that need and so these people have all the data and it only makes sense for me it's like the logical next step in terms of additional product lines banks
1: didn't lend because banks didn't have that data but because these guys are in the trenches with them they can see their velocity Mm -hmm. they can see the products that they are buying Mm -hmm. and then when they lend they are not giving them cash Mm -hmm. they are delivering products to them for them to sell so in, in many ways the attitude of this and that's why i think they are going to be successful because the attitude of the traders is a bit different
2: down from regular now my question wouldn't this be getting more fintechy and becoming more of a bank wouldn't what that be think? distracting mm,
1: now that you mentioned it yes because running a bank is not is it, it's not, it's been, not for the faint hearted
2: there's, there's, there's a reason why banks don't do yeah supply chain
1: but if you are if the only thing you are doing is store value and stock advance how can we they can sell data off. to the banks? To do the lending, yeah. Because our unless if banks get really creative with like their mm. qualification.
0: Because I remember, I remember. If I, it's cash,
1: I, even I would, I would not
2: lend it to no, most. The, world, the way class. I'm thinking about it is, as mm. a if I, I built trade depot because I had the passion for solving this problem. I don't think I would want to become a banker
0: But it's almost you as if you kind of need to do some financial You need to do services. some
2: banking, yeah We need money But now, it. for me, it would be getting a bank partner
0: mm. You and I know Getting a bank partner, that's like a one-year conversation Is, I mean,
2: I get it though it, 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 It's a long-term, it's it's because a long-term it's, it's like It's yeah. like delivery companies when they decided to build out their fleets and become mm-hmm. logistics companies.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Or oh, no, I think they become e-commerce companies, not did mm-hmm. become e-commerce companies. Like Jumia and K-Express built out fleets and built out a logistics network. Mm-hmm. And they started offering logistics as a service. A service. Mm-hmm. But if you also notice, Jumia and Conga have become shittier <laughs> e-commerce experiences. Because they are trying to do FinTech on the side. They? Yeah.
0: They're doing FinTech, they're doing logistics, they're doing... Um, and it's not anything. becoming
2: too much, and I can I can I see it where it's like the main business you are doing or the business reason why you started this business. is not really popping like that. I need something to do to okay, get, the get the numbers up. But doing that thing, like focusing on logistics and building up your logistics experience. I mean, I guess it's Nigeria's fault, but to be honest, it distracts you from your core business.
0: I get that. I would rather see a partnership or a situation where. I wouldn't name names, but like another a fintech would say, okay, these are my lending APIs. Do you understand? And, and take on, you get, instead of, I wouldn't go to a bank.
1: I don't even think that. I think it's an execution thing, how well they execute. But even if they do take on fintech like product lines, it won't be core banking.
2: It won't be, it won't be, it won't be because even the nature of the lending I, is, is I, different. I get, I get it, it won't be co but it's not valuable. You have to because there's nothing there, mm-hmm. you have to build up so much. Now, I can look at Shopify for instance. Shopify has essentially built a banking offering, but Shopify can only build that banking offering because Stripe has abstracted a lot of the complexity to convert that into APIs for them. Right now, There's nobody, and maybe you can call even one pipe them and go. One one pipe is the only person that you can say is doing something at that level. And one pipe is not solid enough where you can say, I will trust my whole business in this man's hand. That's why I keep bringing up the bank partnership, because banks, this is their business. Because if you go and say you want to build out store value, so maybe it's, build out your NIP integration, yeah. build out um, handling downtime, issuing card... So maybe I
1: should rephrase my position, right? I think whatever it is that they want to do, the banks will still provide the infrastructure. But the The argument about the business banking thing is that you can all banks cannot be infrastructure providers, so you have winners and losers in that infrastructure game
0: mm-hmm. amongst
1: the banks. And the people who will take up that you're offering, particularly for like business banking, will be these guys. And I really do think that banks should offer it because it's nothing. It's nothing new. It's nothing complex. You've already done it. Look, I have no doubt. For at least for store value, but for the lending, they're already doing it by themselves
2: because but, it comes right. now. Na- if even, the, to trade, the poor, uh, even the manufacturing companies i knew are i said this, if was I, trade, the poor, this, this conversation, I knew knew. please let's yarn in private mm-hmm. i feel like they should not be building up banking infrastructure themselves no they, they should
1: they should not they should partner together in fact they should not
2: even worry about lending and off-taking they should just be worried about supplying
1: but stock advance is a natural next step even on your. Is it natural next Even session? on your. I, what do they call it? I, I Income.
2: Get it. This thing. I get it. Income statements. That, that, that means you have to raise money now for it now.
0: They typically raise naira.
2: And that's what I'm saying. Don't they worry raise about naira it. Did. Don't worry about it. I can learn to your.
0: Retailer. I knew he was coming from yeah. this angle. But again,
1: you don't want to start lending cash lending. You will still be doing the sock
2: advance. Yes. But, I'll take, but okay. I'll, I'll take on the risk. Mm.
1: Sure. Because I was going to say that these FMCG companies, many of them, and it, it was even a problem for some of them late 2019. I mean, I mean, on a consistent level, you've sold goods on credit, but dollar is moving against you, you know, stuff like that. So,
0: yeah. For the B space, I think it's clear now why this business exists, and it's clear why they're tackling why they're solving the problems the way they are i guess it's just a case of um giving them some time to see how they evolve see how the entire like ecosystem matures over the next five to ten years because i think that in general in general the african tech ecosystem is still really early in the early days and yeah we need to give it time to see who the real winners will be
2: no, like I see why Soko Watch and Market Force have raised a lot of money because it's a very expensive problem to solve. It's capital intensive. It's a capital intensive, so it, it adds up. Yeah. My my concern is, I don't know. They should not get distracted. I either. feel like it's, it, it's 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 too big of a problem to solve to get distracted by trying to stick on fintech for a cooking. because to me, I feel like sticking on fintech is like a quick hack to driving up valuation
1: maybe not it will be to facilitate more more value chain activities because think about it these guys already they are collecting products from you but they are selling and those funds are going to sit in a bank somewhere and when it's time to run this thing again they move from a bank to your position whereas you can just set up that value chain to receive a store value receive value and then debit to that position when it's time to bring pro- products again at least that's where i see it if you want to use it to drive up valuation that's fine but from my own perspective it would be just to streamline because they're already pushing the behaviors that these guys are
2: see. adopting redeem and dangote did not build up technology no comments they are that work to stamp that's why Stampic has your team server. <laughs> so, three punk cold shout so start with punk.
0: I mean, you can't really say they haven't tried, but yeah, I think less. I mean,
2: I'm looking. Okay, this mm-hmm. is not for the lack. To be fair, it's not for the lack of trying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Nigerian banks are notoriously whatever. Anyway, I also hired that guy from Stampic, so that should help.
0: We'll see. We'll see. All right. Till the next episode. Thanks for listening.